hey, hey, what? <laughs> what was that tapping sound? I have no idea. I thought some music was about to come on. I was like waiting on it, waiting on it. And then yeah, it some kind Sorry. of pop happened. But well, Sorry. here we are. I'm Amina. I'm Missy. And we are here, here for, for the, the donut. So many different flavors. Strawberry fields a dream. Delicious Boston cream. Sometimes I'm white for wasted. But I can't seem to quit. These donuts got me lit. I'm covered in glaze. In a haze powdered face. Sprinkles in my double chin. But donuts equal life. So they can be wrong. And that's the reason. They get their own song. Whoop, 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 whoop. Happy National Donut Day. It is National Donut Day. We have been celebrating. We got up at 6.30 this morning to start our National Donut Day celebration. I didn't know Amina could get up that early. I didn't either, Cha. I'm tell you. Oh, we did it. I think you need like a buddy system. Because I think yeah. if it would have been like, if it would have been like, you were like, oh, I'm going to get up, you know, at my house and you get up at your house, I, 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 I mm-hmm. would have made it. Well, I definitely texted you that I was on my way because I thought I'm going to be so pissed if I got up and I get there and they are still in bed. True. But facts. you responded right back. And I was like, wow, she's already awake. Because I'm going to tell you what I did. I miscalculated because I don't do <laughs> math very well. So I set my alarm for like 615, which was unnecessary for the time. By the mm-hmm. time you were going to yeah. get here, really. But in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm setting, I think I thought I'll set it for 6.15. Missy will be here by 6.30, which wasn't Mm-mm. right. You were mm-hmm. leaving your house mm-hmm. at 6.30 so that you could get by 7. Anyway, all that worked out so that I was up and ready to. Well, I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. 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 Uh, we celebrated today by going to the grand opening of grand. Five Daughters Bakery. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were previously in Nashville. I guess they're still there, but now they have an Atlanta donut shop. At Pond City Market. So we were there to check it out. We did get uh, professionally photographed. Yep. For which we were unprepared. Yeah, I kind of feel like I I wish... Ooh, I was like man. prepared for our Insta and like yeah. our people. <laughs> like I was prepared for that. But We like, also walked like... How far was that? It had to be at least two miles. Yeah. We walked like two miles. To get to yeah. Five Daughters Bakery. And so we were like sweating. Luckily, they sold some shirts. So I bought a new shirt. For my photo shoot. That worked out. And we did body roll. I think she wanted us to do like a very cute boomerang situation. Yeah, like a she poppy jumpy. Us. But we needed to let Five Daughters Bakery know that they in ATL now. This is not a Nashville mm-hmm. situation. That yeah. things be different here. That is some, some more soulfulness happening mm-hmm. here. We're more a drill team than cheerleader. Yeah, that's not really my jam. And mm-hmm. I almost feel like, you know, we're almost more like, what's that? What is... Is drill team the one? See, in our college, um, we had mahogany in motion. Mm. Um, it's not really our college, but technically it was at Morehouse. Oh. And like, it was like there's like the band was there. Mm-hmm. And then there was like the other majorettes that had the. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the batons. Yeah, they had the batons. Okay. And then like mahogany in motion was the ones that had like the. The dance moves. Mm-hmm. It was yeah, like, that's like that was drill team. That was drill at my team. School. Okay, yeah. yeah. So that's what we are. I we was in marching band, but drill team was always like my second. Like, if I want to wear pantyhose and sequins, but they're doing the moves I really want to be doing, but instead I'm going to play flute. Okay, mm-hmm. I respect that choice. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Uh, okay, so I had okay. For you need to know, Five Daughters Bakery is the home of the one hundred layer donut. Speak a word. They, it's like a croissant dough, but it, it's not a crow dough. No, but it is a croissant like dough that they use. And I think I know what makes it not a crow dough is because they have this filling. Oh, and see. I don't understand how they get the filling in there because mm-hmm. you don't see any holes or anything that tips you off that there's going to be filling inside. And the filling is like a flavored butter. Mm. So it melts. It's like melty. It's not like icing and it's or not like a, a pudding. Cream. It's not a buttercream. Mm. It's, it's very light and perfectly done. Mm. So all the 100 layer donuts, I think, have a filling. Wow. See, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. So this is like good information for me to have. And then they have the vegan and the paleo mm-hmm. donuts, which I didn't eat because... Because why? <laughs> I didn't have that paleo because I was go, like... Mm. Go big or go home. <laughs> yeah. So I don't care. So as usual, you know, we all ordered donuts because our producer was with us. I think that DJ Updiggy's He ate rule, his before I could see it. Yeah. This, you know, you know, we had to try to work that out real mm-hmm. quickly. Bless. But I think the rule is, because it was so early, I thought maybe, maybe Missy and I are just going to go and get donuts or whatever. And I think he is not about... Missing Mm-mm. out on the donut journey. No. He's got to be a part of that in some way. So I knew that between the two of you, the other order, the hundred layer. So I went for the vegan. I had a vegan peach glaze, which was fantastic. It was just delicious and fresh tasting. It's also peach season. So mm-hmm. that, that really helped. But yeah, I'm here. I'm here for the donuts, obviously. But I'm here for those donuts at Five Daughters Bakery. So we welcome them to Atlanta. And you've had them before. I, I have did. never had them before. Yeah, because I, I was in Nashville. Nashville once. Uh, shout out to my editor, Carolyn, because that's a part of how Carolyn and I bonded. So we had a meeting Smart in lady. Nashville mm-hmm. and she was like, let's go eat dinner. And then she was like, I looked it up. Five Daughters is open late. And I was like, you looked it up to see what their hours mm-hmm. are, girl? Yeah. If you want to get me or Amina to do something, just say those words to us. I have researched the donut situation, worked it out. You don't have to think, just pick out your donuts. It was so great. And we went in there. I mean, it had to be 9.30 or 10 o'clock at night. And there were still like some really delicious donuts in there. But that's when I had the 100 layer. But it didn't have filling. It had like a buttercream frosting. On top? On top of it. The one that I had. All the ones that I've had have had like somehow it got inside. Wow. Between some layers. Mm. It's like donut magic. So I had the triple strawberry because, you know, I'm always here for strawberry donut. And then I got the salted chocolate. So the triple strawberry had like a strawberry butter. The salted chocolate had like a chocolatey butter. Mm. I don't know what it was inside, but it was good. I feel like we're going to have to go back so that we can try mm-hmm. some other varieties mm-hmm. as well. Well, I got some more out there. <laughs> I bought six. <laughs> Shout out to that. Things that we hope make it back to the kids, but might not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we got free. Uh, what were those called? Donuts. Yes. Oh, I got a donut. donut. Man, and I had a chocolate croissant, but I haven't mm-hmm. tried it yet. So I'll report mm-hmm. back. Y'all. Well, I ate the whole donut. So. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you have to go back for that one too. Okay. <laughs> I'll work that out. Confessions. All right. I'm going to go first. Okay. I'm wearing my confession. Oh. My confession is I recently discovered chocolate wine which in case you didn't know, is a 16% alcohol volume. You don't know. You don't know. 
<laughs> I did not know. And well, my neighbor tried to tell me, she gave me a little bit of her bottle that she had left. And she said, you need to try this. It tastes like chocolate milk. Don't be deceived. Just have a sip. And I had a big sip or three. And then the next morning I woke up and was like, I have a recollection of online shopping late last night. Do not know what I bought. Then some emails came through. And then I got these pants. They're yoga pants with pockets. And the whole like mission of this company is that leggings are pants. Yes. Finally. Mm -hmm. So they're putting these pockets in the side of them. And they have a four-way stretch. It's our, uh, what was it called? Pop Fit. Mm. You know, Instagram knows me. Yeah. I buy so much stuff off of Instagram because it's just selling me all the stuff that it knows that I want in my life. Yeah. Especially when I've had chocolate wine. Well, well, I mean, Instagram is my, it's like a place for brands for me. Like I definitely follow a lot of places I like to shop, Mm -hmm. which I think in turn means when people, when businesses sponsor ads, they're sponsoring ads for people that like these other things that I'm following. Yeah. They got my number. I'm going to tell you what got me on Instagram that I'm about to buy this week is the bandolettes. Have you seen these? The bandolettes? Okay, yeah. Bandolettes. I'm here for it. Please. <laughs> bandolettes are basically to help thigh rub. What? Yeah, but they're like, they look like a garter, but instead it's like a lace thing that you put. It's made out of the same lace as like a lacy thong or a lacy pair of panties to be made out of. But you literally put it on your thigh and on the underside of it, it has like silicone bands. Never in my life. I have never in my life heard of this. Yeah. It was like popping up on my Instagram. So I was looking at it and I was like, this is amazing because my only other thigh rub solution was if I would wear dresses, I'd have to wear like almost like a little tight pair of shorts or my thighs would just Mm -hmm. be like. You can also put deodorant on your thigh. I think I tried this and my thighs were like, Mm. I don't know, maybe I I don't know if it was sweating. I don't know what's going Hmm. on. But the bandolettes are like made out of lace. So they like look fantastic. But they're doing the job of keeping the thigh note to self from chafing. That's wow. also an Instagram thing I found out too. So maybe I should drink some chocolate wine, and then I'd probably have like every color of bandolettes. Yeah, you house. probably would. I was impressed. I only got one pair. I, I wish mean, I would have gotten amazing. more because they are so comfortable. And I saw the pocket, which I would not have known was a pocket until you mm-hmm. put something in it. So mm-hmm. that's also cool because it's not adding a lot yeah. of bulk. Mm-mm. Wow. Does this company or Bandolettes want to sponsor our podcast? Okay, continue. <laughs> okay, so what's your confession? <sighs> okay, my confession is that I finally said something out loud that I have been thinking, but I didn't know who to ask about it. Okay, so Matt and I recently traveled to Chicago and we were traveling there in part because it was my birthday and in part because my friend Austin was releasing her new book, I'm Still Here. So we went to Chicago and we obviously know all these people there. So people were like, oh, you could come stay with us. You can come stay with us. And since I've been married, I very rarely like to stay with other people. And my confession is the reason why is because I don't want to have sex in their house. (laughs) And I never know how to tell them that like, I really appreciate their hospitality 
and would love to hang out with them, would love mm-hmm. to even stay at their house. But if I have to choose between staying at their house for three nights and not having sex, I'm going to choose sex, which means I'm going to pay for a hotel for the <laughs> express purpose that I can have sex. You don't think sex is more fun in somebody else's house? I just get afraid of like a sex mishap going on. And it's different if you have a sex mishap in a hotel mm-hmm. where like you're not going to have to look in the face of the person. Mm-hmm. It's still bad because somebody somebody's going to have to. But also in a hotel, you can kind of like pull up a sheet. <laughs> you can just pull it up yourself and yeah. put it in a corner. Yeah. And then the housekeeping staff doesn't right, even have to right. deal with the details of you. They yeah. can just like take whatever you've bundled in a corner and throw mm-hmm. it somewhere. Whereas if you have a sex mishap at a friend's home, these yeah. are my two fears that I would have a sex mishap. And now that's happened. And I can't just like put those in a corner and hope for the best. And my other fear, <laughs> my other fear is that I don't want anyone to know what I sound like. <laughs> Unacceptable. <laughs> that's all I have to say about that. So these are other reasons why I don't want to be in a friend's home because what if I think I'm being quiet, yeah. but I'm actually not. And then they might be good <laughs> friends and never say anything to us about it, mm-hmm. but they know in their mind now what I sound like. <laughs> I would just rather keep that a secret. Yeah. That's my confession. That's a good one. That's the best. <laughs> That's the best confession you have ever had. Y'all don't know this. Amina really struggles with the confessions. I, I keep a long running list on my phone. <laughs> a long running list on my phone because I am always doing stupid. <laughs> and <laughs> there is plenty to report. Plenty to report to you guys. Okay. I think like with this confession... My friends that were in Chicago that were, you know, offering some opportunities to stay with them, I just finally like came out and asked them. Like I was just like, do do you all think about this when people are asking you to stay in their homes? And to, and we had like a very honest conversation, but that was my first foray mm-hmm. into like telling a confession to people that I had never confessed this type of thing mm-hmm. to. So I think sometimes I'm confessing to people throughout the time between our recordings and then we sit down and I'm like, I confessed all my confessions. So I have to practice holding some. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Write them down. Then forget about them. That's okay. what I do. All right. Okay. Today for this episode, I am interviewing Amina mm. about her newest book, How to Fix a Broken Record, Thoughts on Vinyl Records, Awkward Relationships, and Learning to Be Myself. If you like our podcast, you will love this book. Oh my gosh. Also, you should know, I did not ask permission. <laughs> I let her know as I was reading it, I will be interviewing you the most inappropriate and silliest interview. Yes. Because she's done a bunch of them. This and is they, probably going to be my favorite though. They tend to ask her like, how can I pray for you? Or, you know, like questions like... Bless <laughs> their hearts. They're so spiritual. Bless their hearts. I'm not going to ask you any of those questions. Yes. So the book is in, uh, I don't know how many parts, how many parts are there? Four? There are seven, seven, there are seven parts. And then each part has all these shorter chapters mm-hmm. underneath. And right? each part is based on an album. Yes. I love that. 
um, because you also get some really good music recommendations from Whoop. Mina here. So uh, I have a list of questions wow, and things y'all. I would like to talk about. I mean, like Missy pulled out these notes. I'm so excited. Book. And I don't know, y'all, I don't know anything about what's about to happen. Nope. So I'm super excited. I think about that's it. the other thing, too. Usually when you do an interview, you get a list of questions. I have no idea. And you did, I'm, did this not is get great. these questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. What are Uncle Sandals? Mm, come on with these clarifying <laughs> questions, Missy. Yes. Okay. Uncle Sandals are leather and they typically have like, <laughs> okay. It's like there's a leather strap that goes straight across the foot. And then there are leather straps that checker across that one. So there's okay. like, Certain holes in the sandal where you can see uncle toes. No, I'm not here for that. Yeah, it's very ugly. Well, you know that uh, DJ Opdiggy and I have an uncle that is missing some toes. Yes. So when you when when I read Uncle Sandals, that's where that took me to. Mm-hmm. Was those uncle? They were not leather though. Okay. Sometimes they were awkwardly like flip floppy, which was awkward because he was oh. missing that toe. Ooh. Next to the big toe that holds the flip-flops in place. Okay, so Uncle Sandals. Yeah, that's what an Uncle Sandal is. And sometimes some people wear socks, like black church mm, socks. No, 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 no. Under that sandal. Mm-hmm. And I think this person I was referring to may have also fallen in that category. Probably so. Mm-hmm. Um, I also want to talk about your cheesecake in New York City. Because I went to New York City and I did not eat cheesecake. Ugh. So I want you to tell me more about New York City cheesecake. Okay, I specifically had the Junior's Cheesecake and a lot of people that were either high school or older in the 90s might remember that Sean Puffy Combs had a show called Making the Band. Okay, right? And it was mm-hmm. like this gathering of all these like MCs, singers, whoever. This is where we get the phrase Dylon, Dylon, Dylon from as well. So a part of this was like, Puffy trying to take these young, you know, aspiring MCs through some boot camp type situations. And so one of the things they had to do was they had to go to Brooklyn walking from Manhattan or wherever. Mm -hmm. They had to like make their way walking with no car, with no, you know, money or any of that. Not unlike what we did this morning. Please and thank you. We made our way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They had to do that and get him Junior's Cheesecake and bring it back. And it was like, but their walk was like crazy long in a city that a lot of them weren't familiar with. So it was him trying to teach them this like perseverance lesson, but it also came across very just ignorant and hilarious Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. there are these people like huffing and puffing through New York City (laughs) to get cheesecake for Puffy. Mm -hmm. Like it's not even like they're going to get there and like, some guru is there to teach right. them. It was literally. I hope they got themselves some cheesecake too. I hope though. so too. But I don't think did. they did. I think they really brought that cheesecake back to that? him. It's crazy. I mean, so. I would bring it back to him, but I'd get a piece for myself. They had no money. Oh. That was a part of it. Oh. They, all, I guess, all they had was either they had enough money to get the cheesecake for him, or it was already set up that they could get the cheesecake for him, and that was it. I don't remember them. That's a sad story. Yeah, getting to partake. So that was the reference I was making, and that is the cheesecake I had in New York. It was juniors. I'm glad you did that. Uh, so <laughs> you had a pretty good section about your 
uh, forays into dating. <laughs> and uh, I quote a log of how many new guys came across my path. Was this a literal log? Like you wrote it down in a notebook log? I think it was like keeping count of how many. So I don't think I wrote it down, but the goal from the book that Dr. Cloud wrote, mm -hmm. um, How to Get a Date Worth Keeping, mm -hmm. the goal was <laughs> to, re, to, to get five, to meet five new guys every week. And then before you started that, you were keeping a log in your mind of within a two-week period, how many new guys did you meet just living your regular life? Do you remember what that number was? Mine was two. In a two-week period? In a two-week period. You only met two new guys? Yeah. Like if I weren't doing anything intentional, two. Is this like you had to have an interaction with them or they were just there? You, they were just there. And I think one of the two was like a DHL delivery guy. <laughs> so that's almost kind of like, doesn't quite count. <laughs> um, Atlanta Hiking Club. I can't even, I cannot even believe that Amina Brown joined the Atlanta Hiking Club. I can't either. Okay, the problem was... Which is kind of ironic because I married an artist anyway. But Matt was not an artist like super connected to the Atlanta scene. And he was actually trying to live a healthy life emotionally. So I think a part of it was I kept dating artists on the scene. So I was going to a lot of like art gallery openings and music shows and poetry events, meeting guys. And it was going very badly. So my friends were like, please do something else, like make arts events off limits. So I had a friend who was an accountant. So she took me to like some accountant mixers, which was fine if you like a man in a suit. That oh my God. Great. And people that talk about numbers all the oh time. Oh gosh. You know, I can't deal with that part. That was hard. And then I just started like looking online on meetup.com. And that's how I came upon the Atlanta Hiking Club. And I was like, well, I do have to work out some. So I think to be fair and honest... I only actually went on one hike. Mm. Where was it? Stone Mountain? <laughs> no, it was it was in like Sandy Springs somewhere. It was it was in a place that was similar to how the Chattahoochee area is, like the trail near the Chattahoochee River. Mm -hmm. Um here in Atlanta it was it was similar to an area like that, but it was in Sandy Springs, so it was like you were sort of in this shaded where it was like a little rocky and there's like a little bit of a stream nearby. Mm -hmm. But when I went to that one, there actually weren't any eligible bachelors at that. That was my next question. Did but you it, meet anybody? It was I all women. I didn't. It was all women. I think there was one man who was either married or he was just of an elderly age that <laughs> makes him ineligible mm -hmm. for my purposes. However, I discovered that the Atlanta hiking club has like had a, like a monthly mixer. And that's what I went to. And I shook the hands there. I met like three guys there. And that's where I met the nerd who kept talking to me about Machu Picchu. <laughs> and I was like, I would never go on a date with you. However, this is interesting, your interest in Machu uh -huh. Picchu. Yeah. You've been to Peru. Yeah. You had all these things, like all this adventure to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess a hiking club would be the place if you wanted to meet an adventure type person that is okay with sweating a lot and getting dirty. It was totally that. And it was interesting, like 
just, it was like this whole world I didn't know anything about. So part of it was people going on local hikes, but then part of it was people in Atlanta taking trips to go do like the hikes that should be on your bucket list. Mm-hmm. So there were different people talking about that. So it was fascinating. So I did meet a guy and like gave him my little Google voice number. But I think he, I think there was either someone I was with that night that I had met at the other hiking thing. I think he really wanted to talk to her. So that was why he was texting me. Ah. But it was fine because I was looking at him like, I don't want to go to dinner with you, but that's really cool. You went to Machu Picchu. (laughs) Okay. True love waits. Well, I want you to know I kept my card. Did you? I have mine too still. Till I got married. Yeah. And gave it to my husband. Wow. Mostly because I thought it was funny (laughs) (laughs) at that point. But my true love did wait. Okay. Mm-hmm. My true love waited. Mm-hmm. And your true love waited. Yes, true. But I feel grateful that my children are not going to have to go to camp oh, gosh. and sign true love waits cards. Fair. It's a lot. Why don't we have a button that says, I can't even? Yeah, we need to. I cannot what I, even. What I need to do is make a running list. Mm-hmm. I need a running list of the buttons that we need because I can't even. Mm-hmm. And speak a word. Those mm, are. That's a good one. So too. I'm yeah, gonna, speak I'm a word and a I note. can't even. So y'all don't know, but we're pushing buttons that make these sound effects for the first time. Usually DJ Oak Diggy has to add them, but we have control of the buttons. We'll see if he either thinks that's a great idea or if he regrets his choice later. He wants me to bleep out my own mother. <laughs> Cuss words. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I am also glad that there is a generation of people that hopefully, I mean, we know some people are still doing the true love weights type ceremony situations, mm-hmm. but I think in the nineties, it was so widespread mm-hmm. among a lot of like people who were growing up, you know, with a church upbringing, you know, so it was more like a mainstream church thing that you would do. And I'm super glad that's not the case because there were a lot of things about that that became super weird for yep. us when we became adults. Yep. Super weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. I have to open your book for this one. All it says is page 114. Oh. Oh, I just wanted everybody to know what you said. You have a chapter on... <laughs> There's only three there's only three instances where I want everybody to know what Amina said. I'm here for it. Hashtag what Amina said. So there's in the um, I'm here for it. <laughs> <laughs> on the lesson the uh, lessons in adulting, chapter 17, the power of yes. Um you say, yes, said to be a Christian meant to be busy doing things for God. Mm-hmm. And so you're kind of writing about how you learn to not feel like you had to be at church every time the doors were open and spend your Friday nights doing all that. How's that going? I think that it's interesting because at the time that I was learning that yes lesson about Christian and church busyness, it was my busyness in my local church that we were, I was just like filling my life with all mm-hmm. the stuff our church could do. Whereas now I think that busyness shows up a lot more in my work life, which still for me feels a little like church because I'm, you know, working Mm -hmm. in mostly faith-based spaces. So it's interesting that we're recording this, this at the beginning of the summer, 
because this summer is a time where I feel again, like you are not of value for all the things that you do. Mm -hmm. You can have time to just be somewhere and not be doing all the things. You know, I want y'all to hear that. Yeah. Live it. Yeah. Like have some fun, have something going on in your life. That's not just your job. Missy and I both happen to be people who love our jobs Mm -hmm. and love what we do and love how we get to engage with people but our jobs also don't have clean line like, oh, that ends at five. Boy, I have all my weekends off or whatever, you know? So it takes a lot of forethought and intentionality to really be disciplined about the fact that you're going to like take care of yourself and have Mm -hmm. stuff that you're going to do that's for you. That's not just for you to have a calendar full of things. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it's okay that you have a calendar full of nothing. Uh, Switching gears. What is your rap name? Uh, my rap name was Technique. <laughs> it was T-E-K-N-I-Q-U-E. How did you come up with that? So I think I came up with it because I think, was it Rakim that had a song? It was either Rakim or Big Daddy Kane had a song called Don't Sweat the Technique. Mm. So that was like my tagline was how I became Technique. And then I obviously felt that my rap name should not be spelled in the same way that the actual word. Mm-hmm. So that's what made me do the T-E-K. So my mm-hmm. original AOL name was Tech520. If we're going to say... <laughs> if we're going to say that our AOL name is our rap name... Mm-hmm. <laughs> My 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 AOL name was Queen of Dukes. <laughs> I, just, I forgot about that. Because I have regular bow habits. Yes, you do. And mm-hmm. in 1994, 95, I don't remember when that was. I guess I wanted everybody to know. <laughs> but that doesn't seem like a fair rap name. Nah. I don't know um, what my rap name would be, though. I mean, I kind of like, for various reasons, Queen of Dukes, mm-hmm. because I don't know that I would have thought about it and been like, I know what that is. I mm-hmm. mean, it could have been Queen of Daisy Dukes. <laughs> queen of Put Your Dukes Up. Yeah. It could have been like, you are such a queen that all the Dukes have to be <laughs> submissive to you. That's like the hierarchy oh. of your royalty. So there's a lot of ways you could have worked with that. Right. There's still okay. time. Okay. All right. Queen of Dukes at Gmail. We need to find out if that's available. <laughs> I'm sure that it is. I'm sure it is. Who in their right mind is out there with Queen of Dukes at gmail.com? <laughs> Goes to check internet. <laughs> uh, okay, so you wrote a section on social media. Why social media is the best thing that ever happened to you and why it's the worst thing that ever happened to you. And um, I agree with literally everything you said, especially, though, the part about uh, following people you don't agree with. Yeah. Because I find that to be important, too. Yeah. And I never realize how important it is until I'm with someone who does not do that. And as they're talking, you become more and more aware that they have no idea that everybody on earth does not feel the way that their feeling about that thing mm-hmm. that they're talking about. Mm-hmm. I think that's so important because I think 
I, I mean, sometimes obviously it's annoying because something will come up on my timeline that I'm like, you know, mm-hmm. but I'm like, it's mm-hmm. good because it makes it so there's less times that I'm like, and they blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, without having someone else's perspective to have thought about. Mm-hmm. So like, I try to like follow, like I know on Twitter, I follow a man who's an atheist and he posts quite a few things just about religion in general articles and things, just his perspective about why he thinks religion's dumb, you know, and I disagree with it a lot of the time, but it also helps me to see like, from my perspective, from my religious context, the ways that like we are missing it Mm -hmm. and the ways that we're not doing the right things either. So it's a good mirror, Mm -hmm. I guess I would say, to have that. I'm getting ready to go, uh, well, not soon. In October, there's the Evolving Faith Conference in North Carolina. Yeah. I got a ticket before it got sold out. I got my own Airbnb by myself. Come on. It's going to be like a vacation. Yes. So anyway, I'm trying to read a book from each speaker before I get there, because some of them I've never heard of, and some of them say some things that challenge me. So I've been like, I don't want to know, you know, but now I'm going to read their book. Yeah. So um, I'm reading Nisha's book, uh, Speak. Oh, okay. Yeah. And she, what was that website she had that she was running? People oh, were telling she the had stories. Um, Deeper Story. Yeah, Deeper Story. I was story. blogging on that for a while. Mm-hmm. Cause she, so she's basically going through and and writing about a lot of that experience, but a lot of it is about how providing a space for people to say those things that and and read something you might not agree with but but now you have a name to it and a story that goes with it and and you find yourself less and less saying well they and them and it becomes more us yeah that's so good okay uh the other thing that i want everybody to know this is my favorite. Interview. Amina is so smart. <laughs> there is so much wisdom in this book. Oh my god. So gosh. much wisdom in this book. I'm just going to read this one. Okay, I'm ready. I hate being added to random Facebook groups. Y'all, that is in bold <laughs> with quite a bit of space padding around it. I hate it so bad. I wish I could have like a a shirt. If I could put that somehow, maybe I could make like my my uh banner on my Facebook page say that if you are adding people Mm-mm. to Facebook groups Mm-mm. stop it Mm-mm. nobody wants to be in your Facebook group Mm-mm. you can send them an email and ask them invite them invite stop them. adding us mm. do you hear me especially if you're trying to sell something or you're trying to say jokes that ain't funny <sighs> whoever this is I will go on to quote Amina Whoever it is at Facebook that came up with the idea there should be no approval for being added to a Facebook group is my enemy. <laughs> Those are strong words. I mean, enemy, I, I struggle to name who my enemy is yeah, other than the devil. Well, of course, Beelzebub <laughs> is definitely <laughs> top on the enemy list. Capital T, yeah. capital E, the enemy. Yeah. T-E. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, if you're listening to this, and you are adding people to groups. Stop we it. don't want it. No. Stop. No. Especially if you're selling things. Think of something else to do. Uh, okay, also this, this uh, line. Social media can teach us to want to be right more than we want to love. Mm. And That's that kind of goes back to the first point. Yeah. When, you're, when you 
listen and allow people to speak. Even when you know they're wrong, you're loving them when you let them speak. Sometimes you just have to let people speak. Yeah, listen. And be okay with, Mm -hmm. that's not how I feel about it. I don't understand why this is hard for people. It's hard for our pride. That's what I think it is. Mm -hmm. It, It takes a lot of humility to do it. It yeah. takes you having to like, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm also, gonna... I don't want to work that hard. Oof. That's a lot of work. Look. Mm-mm. Hmm. Uh, can we talk about if Jesus had a Facebook? <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want to brainstorm okay, some of Jesus's Facebook posts. Let's go. I'm here for this. Let's brainstorm this. Would he... Would Jesus be posting scripture, do you think, or nah? No. Mm. No, he would be the one asking random questions. He would be vague booking, honestly. (laughs) I mean, if you think about when Jesus talked to people, they'd ask him a question and he'd be like, well, here's my question. Well, what about your mother and father? But Jesus, I'm trying to find out if I should eat at this burger. Like, I feel like you're deflecting. Or he would tell a story. Or he would write in the ground. That's my favorite mm-hmm. one. What was he writing in the ground? His he, Facebook post? Yeah, please. He's there with a stick in the ground like, oh, you guys are judging. Writes name, Jesus, loves Jesus. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing there. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I think he would, he would be hitting the stories real hard. The Instagram story. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think he, he would be talking a lot about plants You'd be vague booking some plant pictures. Yes. This plant reminds me of someone. Not going to tell you who it is. It might be you. Also a fig tree. <laughs> the kingdom is like a fig tree. Yeah. I think it would be very like cryptic. It seems like it'd be like, it, it'd be like a, you know how like some people, I'm, I haven't been able to do this on Instagram yet, but it seems like a trend that people take really dope pictures of themselves and then the caption is like these life lessons that they're learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it'll be like, you know, woman takes picture in the sun, you know, in Portugal or whatever. And then the caption will be like, stay in the light, folks. Don't worry about the dark times that come. Mm-hmm. The light always wins. You know, I feel like Jesus would be doing that, mm-hmm. but it'd be like picture of a coin. A widow lost a coin. You know, like it would yeah. be like the parable yeah. with an image uh-huh. that you're like, oh, I didn't think he was going to go there, uh-huh. but hmm, okay. I'm wondering what Jesus's hashtags would be. <laughs> Hashtag Hasht- haters going to hate. Hashtag brood of vipers. That is an actual <laughs> quote <laughs> from Jesus. <laughs> so Note let's to see. Self, find opportunity to use hashtag brood of vipers. Brood of vipers. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for indulging me in that. Uh, I want to talk about recovering perfectionists. You had a whole chapter about failure where the book took a serious turn. Yeah. But a very real turn, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate. Mm -hmm. That was an interesting chapter to write because I feel like failure, which I alluded to in the beginning of the chapter, but there's all this like, you can fail forward. There's kind of like this talking head leadership way people are writing about failure Mm, and I was mm -hmm. trying to take that out of being so pie in the sky and really think about like first of all as a personality I hate failure and it makes me feel not that anyone loves it you know but 
sometimes some people are like either they're more adventurous or they're more resilient in that way that like when they fail, it's almost like that gives them more motivation to win. But I'm not that personality. Like it takes me a long time to recover from how inadequate failing at something makes me feel. So I tried to take it away from this like sports, you know, there are winners and there are losers. And here's the big speech I make in the locker room Mm -hmm. about what happens when you lose. Like when you lose in real life, like when you fail in real life, it's not a race. Mm -hmm. And it's not even just like work or business. Like it can be in how you parent Mm -hmm. or in a relationship. With consequences, real ones. Yeah. Yeah, that you can't be like, oh, shrugs. Mm -hmm. I lost that race this time. Try again next time. Right, you know? (laughs) So trying to like dig through that was what I was hoping to do in the chapter. But yeah, I hate failing because I want to be perfect. I was actually talking to my therapist recently. And um, when I was talking to her, I I was telling her how like I have this, there's like an Amina that I'm competing against, but she's not a real person. So in my mind, perfect Amina gets up every day at six and she like reads her Bible at the same time every day. And then she goes from that to do this like amazing hour workout. And she has time to have coffee with everyone who asks. And she eats super healthy all the time. And she never messes up anything and she gets like 45 minutes of sleep, but always has a perfect (laughs) attitude. And, you know, so like whenever I don't meet up to her, I beat myself up about it. Mm -hmm. And I said out loud this to my therapist for the first time. And she was like, wow, like that, like you, she was like, why don't you try to be Amina who sleeps well at night and wakes up at a decent time? and works out when she can, and eats well most of the time, and has coffee with the people that mean the most to her. Why don't you try to be that? And it was like the first time that I had said out loud, you know how you think a lot of things about Mm -hmm. yourself or um, about life or whatever, and they're highly unrealistic, but it's really rare that you actually say out loud (laughs) to someone Mm -hmm. else, like exactly those things. And that was my first time saying like, there's this Amina that I'm trying so hard to be. And like, I can't be that. I can't be her Mm -hmm. and like live and be a human person. So I think that's a part of the recovering perfectionist in me is embracing like imperfect Amina who's going to mess it up Mm -hmm. a lot of the time. Not even just some of the time. Like my therapist has to remind me about that. She's like, you're not going to arrive She's like, you're never going to arrive Mm -hmm. at a place where you're going to be like, I've mastered that. (laughs) (laughs) But I have in my mind, I can. I mean, you are potty trained. Well, that's true. I did master that. You can eat with a spoon. See, these are affirming words. (laughs) Come on, be strength-based today. (laughs) Yes. You know, but I think like I can master patience. No. You can grow. Mm Mm-hmm. And become more patient. Yeah. But in my humanity, I'm never going to arrive at like, and I am always patient. And I loved when that person drove super slow. Mm. Oh, God. In front of me. I loved it. You're never going to arrive at that. Also, if you drive really slow in the left lane, get off the (sighs) road. Come on. I just, every opportunity I can take to say that, the left lane 
is the passing lane. If you ain't passing, get out of it. You know what I think? I think the people that's driving slow in the left lane is adding people to Facebook groups. Mm. You know what? Never in my life. You're right. Mm-hmm. You're right about that. It's them. They ruining the world They're in two the ones. ways. No, I'm not here for that. Mm-mm. No, not here for that. Never going to be here for it. Mm. Um, so you talked about your therapist just now. In your book, you talk about your ac- acupuncturist. Yes. I need to see this acupuncturist. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to send you the link. She's, yo. Just even if I just go one time. Mm-hmm. Although, uh, there's a new chiropractor at the practice I go to. I like everybody at the practice, but I wanted to try the new one. Because I keep referring my clients to her. It was a lot like your acupuncturist. Really? You know, like she's like, what are you holding in your shoulder? What are you holding? What are you carrying for other people? And I'm like, what do you mean? I'm carrying I'm everything. 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 <laughs> and then pop, let it go. And I'm like, oh, well, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Yes. It's, it was amazing. It's so good. It's so good to me when you can see a practitioner that can better connect your body and what your soul is also doing. Mm-hmm. Because I think we have so many times where like we're being told in many ways, you know, in society and wherever mm-hmm. to separate those things yeah. when they are not separate. Right. Like what our soul is doing is impacting the body. Yeah. Always. Mm-hmm. And I have to talk about that with our clients a lot. And so I'm kind of, I'm not, I'm not an empath. A lot of people in midwifery are empaths and God bless them. I don't know how. <laughs> Cause we I do be not crying know how. all the time. <laughs> they are crying okay. a lot. But so I have some kind of way of identifying it, speaking to it, but I don't feel like I carry it around with me like mm. an empath would, mm. but I, there's definitely like some absorbing and a, just the awareness itself. Sometimes it's kind of heavy. Yeah. I feel like I have good boundaries. Like I know that I can't fix everybody's problems. I can point them out and make suggestions. And some of them weigh heavier than others. But I feel like most of what I'm carrying around is like, I got five kids. Right. You know, like things like that. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of, there's no one to pass that off to. Right. I can't deflect that that burden. Mm -hmm. Uh, Okay. You have a, tr- a chapter about church, your church journey. Speak a word. Were you ever slain in the spirit? I was slain in the spirit. Really? I have been slain in the spirit several times. Do tell. <laughs> <laughs> Which like, this is one of those things where, you know, I grew up, you know, for our listeners who may or may not have grown up or, or know some church context. So I grew up in a church context, a Christian church context that was very... Uh, charismatic, so very like healing oriented and sort of that the spirit could move in mysterious ways, but in the service itself. So one of those ways was definitely slain in the spirit, like basically slain in the spirit in my church context was someone could like, you could go up to the front of the church because you wanted prayer for something. Mm -hmm. Maybe you wanted prayer because you were sick or sometimes people want prayer because they were in a relationship and they needed to get out and they felt like, you know, it was just difficult for them to get out. You know, it could be some, whatever it was, like something you need freedom from. 
And the person, whoever it is, pastor, elder, preacher, person, like puts their hands on your forehead is typically how that went. If you came up and you were sick, then they might lay their hands where appropriate on that body part. Mm -hmm. Like if you, you know, were having trouble in your chest, they wouldn't put their hands on a woman's breast, but like the area where your collarbone Mm -hmm. was or something, you know, or your leg or something, they would touch those parts. But typically if you were going to get slain in the spirit, someone was laying their hands on your forehead. And Mm -hmm. it crazy as it sounds, because I'm a skeptic deep within. So even when I would be in church, I would be like, (laughs) that ain't. Mm -hmm. And then it's like your turn to go up through the prayer line or whatever. And sometimes you would have a preacher who wanted you to be, who wanted you to fall out. Right. So they would be pushing on you a little bit. That has happened. And then I'm like so stubborn that I'd be like, you're not going to push me. (laughs) But it happens sometimes. (laughs) This is actually um, a a centric message to my life in general. You're not going to push me. Same. Yeah, that's me underneath everything. But other times I would go up and just get prayer and the person put their hand on your forehead and it was like, it's this feeling like you just become like light as a feather. Hmm. But because the church was used to people being slain in the spirit, there were like ushers or somebody mm-hmm. that would like be behind there and, and they catch. would catch you and just like lay you gently down on the And ground. cover you with a cloth. They would definitely cover your legs up, especially if you had a skirt on, if you was wearing something tight. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if your <laughs> cleavage was out, they would put a <laughs> handkerchief across them breasts. I didn't have those kind of breasts then. I do now, but I didn't then. But say they would cover you up twice. And some people would like stay out for a while. Mm -hmm. For me, that didn't normally happen. I would normally like experience like, oh, my body's doing something I don't have control of until I like got to the ground. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes I would lay down there and just like pray or something. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes you just like daydream. Or just listen to what other people are doing. <laughs> this is stuff that people don't tell you about it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. And then after a while, I would, you know, when I felt like, you know, I've, I've had a good time down here. I'm done. Then I would get up and like the <laughs> ushers or whoever would like help you up. Uh-huh. Take your cloths from you because you're not taking that to right? your seat. Yeah, they you need that for that. the next mm-hmm. person, you know. And then you go to your seat. So yes, that happened to me several times when I was growing up. But it hasn't happened to me in my 30s. So I, that hasn't happened to me in Have you had an opportunity years. though in your 30s have you attended a church gathering? Yes. Where they were laying hands on people like that? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's very rare now mm-hmm. because my church is not really like that. Mm-hmm. Um but I have a friend who when she did her baby's baby dedication the woman that she wanted to do the dedication was like her godmother and she was like a charismatic preacher, prayer woman type. And so I went to that church for the baby dedication and it was very much that, but it's almost like, I don't know if I've gotten too skeptical to believe in it or if, because I've had so many various church experiences that went good and some that went bad, I'm just very like keeps eyes open, (laughs) (laughs) looking around, seeing what is happening, you know? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was like, I could definitely feel that room felt different than some of the church experiences I have now where it's more like some singing, some speaking, and that's kind of it. Mm -hmm. You know, that room, you can feel the energy, the charge in the room feels very different, but I didn't let myself go. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a part of like, some of it feels really emotional to me. 
And I'm kind of like, I only want to do things in public in those spiritual settings in public that I would do like in my house. Right. So if in my house, I would not haul off and run. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Then I'm not going to haul off and run in church. Because it seems like maybe that would just be for show. Yeah. Because like if me and God don't do that. That's a good question. Do the people that haul off and run in church do that? Do they do it during like a football game? (laughs) Because that's really the best way to compare it. Mm Mm-hmm. What are you doing during a football game? Because that's going to be similar to what you really should be doing in church if you really believe what you're singing about. Right. I mean, it's a key question. And then when I talk to God, it's a lot of like talking and crying and being still and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I didn't grow up with that. It was like church was like, we got to give God the praise. You know, Mm -hmm. it was like, you got to like the louder you get, you know, and not that you shouldn't talk to God loud if you want to mm-hmm. do that. That's just not actually what I do when I'm with God by myself. Right. So I try to be more consistent about that. So even when I go into charismatic environments now, I'm just like, would I talk to God? Like I, I like singing to God. So I'll sing in those settings, but like, I don't really yell and mm-hmm. I don't really like do jazz hands. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 but I'm in there talking to God. So I also don't want God to be looking at me like, don't do that with this. Right, it's right, kind of right. like if you're like in a relationship with someone or like, okay, if I look, if I think about you and I, you know, mm-hmm. like, you know me mm-hmm. really well. So it would be like, if like when we're the two of us, you know, you know, I'm eating my one or two donuts and everything's fine. But then like we go to a public function and you're like, who is this? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you doing? Like mm-hmm. if we were to go to a public function and I was like, oh no, I really don't like donuts. You'd be like, yeah, what? That'd be weird. You was a lie. Like, that's not true. So that's why I'm trying to I think I would stomp on your foot. <laughs> That's just what, you know, off the cuff. It's a good wake up call, though. I think that's like that's like close to the equivalent of in a movie when someone like does like the open hand slap. <laughs> you know, it's like, wake up. That's not you. Get yourself together. And the person's like, OK, I'm together. I'm ready. I'm focused. Let's go. That's what that stomp would be. I'd be like, she stomped my foot. I do love donuts. I was lying. Let's go. <laughs> have never been slain in the spirit i had lots of opportunities to what like was it resistance in you you felt or it just didn't happen it just didn't happen you know like i was aware that somebody is like pushing pretty forcefully on your head and i don't respond well to aggressiveness no i i do not respond well so i don't know but even when i was a child i i never like kids around me would go down I'd be like still standing there. <laughs> does Jesus love me? Right. Because when you're in that kind of environment, it does start to feel like like God's doing something special mm-hmm. in these people. Why didn't you, you know, fill in the blank with whatever mm-hmm. that was supposed to be? Mm-hmm. That totally makes sense. Do you know what your gifts are? Like my spiritual gifts? Uh-huh. Okay. I did. <laughs> like I did when I was in a context where like we took a test. Uh-huh. And it like came up what you were. Uh So I think mine came up exhortation, Mm -hmm. which totally makes sense because I'm just talking all the time. I don't remember what my second might have been. I think hospitality, maybe. Mm, That's my second one. Might have been in there for me. What was your first one? Prophecy. Yeah. Yeah, that was that one threw me for a long time to where I took a class when I was in Bible college. I might've talked about it before on the podcast, the prophetic ministry 101. Okay. Where, um, taught by a prophet. 
who is the type of prophet that like comes to your church, you get in a line, they pray over you and then have a quote unquote word from the Lord. Right. Yes. Okay. So I'm familiar with that. He want he would have us like turn to the person on your left, begin to prophesy over them. And I it was much the same experience I had when somebody was pushing on my head. I'm like, but I do not have a word for the Lord. Right. For this person. Yeah. So I would just like quote scripture because that's for everybody. Right. True. So there's promises in scripture. I can tell you those. <laughs> right. But I don't, I do not have a word for, from the Lord for your future. So, but as I've grown up and like explored that more, I've, and, paid attention to what the prophets in the Bible actually did. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of y'all are fools for doing this. Mm -hmm. You should not do that. Mm -hmm. If you continue to do that, here's probably what's going to happen. And that, and that was, and that really is kind of how my mind tends to work. I can readily identify (laughs) in just about anybody's life or situation. Oh, they should not be doing that. And most of the time it comes out of my mouth. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have had to work on the delivery. I'm still working on it. It's still a little rough. This but. is really like that's this is really like a good conversation to me because I feel like I also experienced growing up where prophets were people who were like always traveling. Mm-hmm. They were like these traveling people. And this was during a big era of prosperity gospel mm-hmm. too. Yeah. So they would always travel in and their words that they gave were mostly like these amazing things that were about to happen to you, these great plans God has for you. There were a lot of rivers. Yeah. A lot of rivers in their words. At our church, it was like a lot of cars and houses and boxes. Like the prophet would be like, you moving, I see boxes, run. And then the person would like (laughs) haul off and run around the church. And you're like, just because you see boxes, like that could mean eviction. Like we don't know. That means some bigger house or whatever. And then to your point, like when you actually look at what prophets were like in the Bible, it was actually a rarity, it seems, that they were like, you're doing a great job. Mm-hmm. You're amazing. Mm-hmm. They were your kingdom's saying gonna very extend unpopular itself. things. Like they were very like, you're going to die yeah. because you keep <laughs> doing things that abuse these people. Mm-hmm. You're about to die. Or it would be like, you have been terrible all the things you thought you were going to do, your son's going to do it now (laughs) because you didn't Mm -hmm. do the right thing, whatever. So I do think now for a long time, I stayed away from the word Mm -hmm. prophecy Mm -hmm. at all because it just like freaked me out. But now I also understand that really the role of a prophet is to be a truth teller. Mm -hmm. And like for me as a poet, I'm like, that's what artists are supposed to be. But if you're a person that has to be a truth teller, Sometimes you have to say the thing mm-hmm. that nobody wants to hear it. It's going to make everybody uncomfortable, but it's what needs to be said mm-hmm. so that people can grow or change or whatever, which is a bit different from someone coming into town and being like, I just preached from Psalm 139. Who got $139? Get in this aisle. <laughs> Who got $1,390? You get in here. Even if you got a dollar and 39 cent, let me get a kid with a dollar and 39 cent to come up from. I'm like, where is this in the Bible? Just somebody show right, me. Right, right. I don't know. There's another aspect. Cause you know, when it talks about your sons and your daughters prophesying, I believe in that passage, what it's actually talking about is is um, 
by prophesying is speaking of the goodness of God. Mm. Mm. So that's the other, you know, mm. still speaking truth. Yeah. But it's not ta- talking about the goodness of other people or mm. building people up falsely, things like that. And ironically, I struggle, like words of affirmation is not my thing. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not your thing to give or, or it's to not receive. your thing to receive. I don't need okay. to be told that I'm doing a good job. Okay. I know that I'm doing a good job mm-hmm. or a bad job. And so especially if somebody tells me I'm doing a bad job, I find that real frustrating mm-hmm. because I am already so, so aware of it uh, that I do not need you to tell me mm-hmm. I'm doing a bad job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I'm also not very good at saying thank you to somebody for doing what I expected them to do, which means some sometimes the people that work for me and with me are often left wondering how I feel, which is, again, ironic because if I feel a kind of way about it, I'm going to tell you. Right, right, You're right. not going to have to wonder if I'm mad. I'm yeah. going to say... I'm mad because these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, those are my gifts. That's all my questions. Well, Missy, I want to thank you for what is just one of the most really fun <laughs> interviews that I had about how to fix a broken record. And of course, it's just fascinating because a lot of, not just a lot of, everything, almost everything that's written in that book, you've been in my life long enough to have walked through, except for the dating parts, you know, you like walk through all of that with me. So that had to be interesting reading that and being like, Oh yeah, I remember that. Mm Yeah. Yeah, She called me about that. Mm, (laughs) She was at my house when, and I have to say one of my favorite chapters in the book actually starts out with a card that you gave us. Mm -hmm. I like felt really teary reading that. Um, because I'll just tell y'all this story. Then y'all just have to buy the book, How to Fist a Broken Record, available where books are sold. But um, in the book, in, I did a marriage section in the book, and I wanted to be clear that it was not like, here are all the things we're going to tell you about how to be married, because mm-hmm. we just got married mm-hmm. a few years ago. We don't be knowing. So I wanted to make it more of like a story section, and I wanted to try this, like uh, make it feel more literary almost, you know, like take a third you know, like a third uh, person view of the story. And so in that chapter, I remembered like that moment that we got back from our honeymoon in our little roach apartment, bless our hearts (laughs) and all those gifts and like opening up that card from you. And that was why the chapter was called the mystery of marriage, because you wrote about that in your card. And it was one of those things, like when someone that's been married longer than you writes you a thing and you're like, Oh, okay. Okay. But like, you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Yeah, you don't know. <laughs> and like now, I mean, some of it, I probably will know more as time goes on too. Mm-hmm. But now I understand a lot more mm-hmm. what that meant, you know? Yeah. So it's like super special to me that you got to read that when I was like totally thinking about you and mm-hmm. just like all of the things, all of the things. Yeah, y'all need to read this book. It is funny. Like I, I was laughing out loud. <laughs> Bringing it to work. Y'all, listen to this. Reading it to people, passing it around. Read this one. Read that one. And they're laughing and cackling. And we're supposed to be like taking care of somebody and in the corner laughing about your book. It's great. Good job. Well done. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much, sister. Because that just means the world to me. And thank you for this awesome interview. This was super great. I feel like our best way to close right now is to cupcake award. Do you have cupcake awards? 
Cupcake Award. 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 That's like my most fun. Like that's the most fun one we have, I think. And like I like like we showed out on that. Yeah, like extend a little bit. I like that we can add our own other cupcake things. Uh-huh. Okay, so what is your cupcake award today? Please tell me the things. I am just... My cupcake award is for people who sign their name to their Facebook posts. (laughs) (laughs) Are you friends with anybody that does that? Yes. Yes. Don't they they deserve a cupcake? They do deserve a cupcake award Mm -hmm. because they feel... like it's so important to mm-hmm. reiterate the name that's mm-hmm. already on yeah. the link uh-huh. of the post that they need to sign it again. Yeah. Yeah. They do deserve <laughs> a cupcake. They want to remind you again, like you couldn't see it. Right. But you need to be reminded again, you know, Ashley. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I have to say that's so important that I would want everybody to know for sure I said this. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. that's basically what you're saying. Because it's already like there's no quotation marks around it. You put it on your Facebook. We're assuming you said it. Right. Maybe you don't know that. Maybe they don't know. Mm. But you don't know. You don't well, know. now you know. Yeah. We already know you said it. And bless your heart for signing your name to your Facebook post. I think it maybe comes from like wanting to appear more like a Deepak Chopra type situation mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh yeah. I have said wise words here. <laughs> Even if they sound like Captain mm-hmm. Obvious mm-hmm. signs name. I think that might be a part of it. Maybe so. I want, I just want to try it sometimes to be ignorant now that we're talking about it. <laughs> I think I'm going to, too. I just want to be like, when you eat a cupcake, your fingers get sticky also life, <laughs> Amina. <laughs> just to be clear, just to repeat it. Okay, I want you to try mine. one. Here's okay. mine. Take your shoes off at the door. You don't know about what's on the bottom of your shoes. Missy. <laughs> it sounds so <laughs> profound. There's something profound. Yeah. Yeah. About saying your name at the end. Maybe uh-huh. that's what like, it's supposed to feel more it's profound. It's like, here I am. I said that. I'm also hoping you quote it to other people so you can just mm-hmm. dash, dash the name that I yeah. put on there. Mm-hmm. That's a really great cupcake award. Mm-hmm. I'm proud of that. I'm going to be looking out on Facebook this week. Mm-hmm. I'm ready for y'all. And I bet those same people who put their name at the end of their post also just added somebody to a Facebook group. Okay, <sighs> well. Um, I would like to give a cupcake award to the Mops staff and African New Life staff because I just want to say that I have been traveling a little bit the last month and almost everywhere I've been, in particular because it was my birthday month, people have been randomly bringing me donuts. I'm a little jealous about that. So I feel like we're starting some trend of what people expect Mm -hmm. that we need when we're going places so i'm hoping this is still going to be a trend the next time you and i are traveling Mm -hmm. together but i went to the mops office for some meetings and they're like here's this dozen donuts went to portland for my board meetings with african new life and they're like here's this donut from this place we also got you these donuts from this place and the problem is 
I be there by myself. So it's different when like you are there with me, but I'm just there with like mad donuts and no help. I'm here for it. So I want to thank everyone who offers donuts. Even when I did the event for my friend Austin on my birthday, her book launch was that day. I have to give a special shout out to Audrey and Amelia for getting the donuts and putting candles in it. I mean, people are out here just remembering that we're Mm -hmm. here for the donuts. Mm -hmm. I can't lie. People bring me donuts a lot too, but I just don't get the traveling aspect. We're going to work on that. We're going to take our our annual pilgrimage next Mm -hmm. year. We haven't decided how we're going to do it, but we're basically going to organize that around donuts. Mm -hmm. Of course. And it's going to be great. People are going to, people are going to just, you know how people say that when you like, you know, make an intention, they're like, you know, the universe rises up to meet you. I feel like the donuts are going to rise up to meet us. That's what I feel like. Well, y'all. Thus saith the Lord. Yes. Come on. (laughs) Let me get donuts in the spirit. What's up with that? Please. Well, y'all, we thank y'all so much for uh, joining us and, uh, and just continuing to listen. We've got some other new episodes for you coming up. So please, please, please don't forget Uh, We know you're already listening, but we want you to subscribe. If you're not subscribing, do that. We want you to follow us on social media at Here for the Donuts. We want you to review. If you love our podcast, reviews really help more listeners to find out about what we're doing. So don't forget to celebrate National Donut Day every day. Donut add people to Facebook groups without their permission. Donut. Here for the Donuts is produced by DJ Oak Diggin and recorded at Orange Fuzz Studios in Atlanta, Georgia. Shout out.